Hello and welcome to Orange is the New Cast. It's the officially unofficial podcast for the Netflix hit series Orange is the New Black. Today we are talking about episode 311. We can be heroes. (laughs) We can be side boobs. Uh, This is an interesting episode. We have only got two to go. And I'm Cecily. (laughs) And she is Cecily. I'm back you know again. when you it's, when you I've jump just, in at side boob you lose all no I've all just been on so much that you just don't think you have to introduce me anymore. Also, you fucked with my intro that didn't get onto this podcast. <laughs> no, so you're, you're repeating what up. I was saying. Yeah, what's the point of editing? Well, it I'm out I'm trying to explain why I'm being up. an asshole about this introduction. So this episode is called "We Can Be Heroes." Yes, it is, and it's, it's all about how Caputo is not a hero to anyone hmm. as much as he tries to be. Yeah, it's about and some other people are involved. It's about the unfortunate tale of the nice guy and how he can be well-meaning uh, but really kind of an asshole. But we'll get to that. There's actually a lot of stuff. There's a mm-hmm. lot of interesting things. Labor mm-hmm. issues are brought up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Doggett dealing with her rape last episode. Well, let's just get right into it. Let's get right into it. Uh, Caputo is fucking Figaro. And that, I thought would be the most disgusting thing in the scene and then I saw Joe Caputo's belly button which <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to dub it? the the mini the mini beer, ca, uh, can. beer can I was hoping to get a flash of some beer can just I just need reference I need a point of reference uh have you seen a beer can imagine that covered in like pigskin I know but it's not the same as like uh as like Suzanne said when you see a man in uniformed pants yes it's tight in all the right places it's different yeah yeah no I I get you I'm not I'm I'm not hating uh you know who is hating each other and themselves for doing this they are uh I will say that Figaro has some right on psychoanalysis of how he thinks the world owes him a thank you and this Mm -hmm. is like a really heavy handed point that's, that's that's hammered in throughout this episode but thesis for the entire episode just right there yeah you you keep on doing good things hoping to get a pat on the back and then when you don't you just turn into this bitter angry little man Mm -hmm. and she's given a lot of thoughts and he says see you next tuesday which is totally an awesome on the down low way to say call someone a cunt yep which i found from yours truly c-u-n-t see you next tuesday you get it you get it it's actually c-y-n-t it'd be more like cint you know, if we were going to uh, be accurate about it. If but... we're going to go back to the Greco-Roman <laughs> <laughs> etymology. Yeah, 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 yeah. When they called you a cunt, it was like, you know, with V's and yeah, yeah. Roman numerals and things. Anyway, uh, the prison guards want to organize. And Caputo comes in and once again can't believe these guys are bitching about having this shitty job. And he says, you know, you guys could be bagging groceries right now. And Officer Ford's like... I am bagging groceries, and there's another one's a mall cop, and there's another one that's a the worst of them all, a Best Buy, Best blue Buy shirt. Oof, God. Ooh, ooh. Yeah, it's not great. If that's not if that doesn't illustrate how desperate the situation is, then I'd like to sell will. him a three year extended warranty for his shitty prison job in okay. case it fails. Kind of makes you hungry for a red velvet donut. <laughs> it kind of does. Saying. It kind of does. Uh, but Caputo gets pissed at the rabble rousing and calling him a traitor. Uh, and and c- holding the company's water, carrying the company's water, and he sends yep. them all packing. It's like get the fuck out, organize on your own time. Which is actually, you think he's being an asshole, but he's actually dispensing from for some pretty solid advice. It is from union busting uh, point of view. Yeah, he's getting progressively more corporate. He's still uh, he's still relatable right now. He is. 
Yes. Uh, little Caputo. This little is the, this Caputo. is a Joe back. That's a great young Caputo. <laughs> like it, it really is. I feel like I've seen that kid in something else Italian. I don't know. I've been watching The Sopranos a lot. He definitely plays a better younger Caputo than Caputo does with the curly <laughs> head wig. Himself, yeah, yeah. Capu- he's a better young Caputo than Caputo, which is oddly fitting. Uh, anyway, he's assigned. He's volunteered to wrestle Kendall, who is a special needs kid. Mm-hmm. And his dream has been just to wrestle for real once. And they're doing this. This is like some kind of semifinal elimination. Next step is state. And then who knows the Olympics? <laughs> No, I know. He's never making it to no, the Olympics. No, he's not going anywhere. Even if he had three shoulders instead of one separated one, he's not making it to the Olympics. More on that later. Anyway, uh, it turns out Kindle is a beast. Mm-hmm. And they let him out the cage, and he... Wrecked him. Wrecked him. Damn near killed him. Uh, separated shoulder, and, and that's it. There goes all of his but dreams. But got, like, super pre-adolescent laid before that, whatever their equivalent it is. Seemed they, like, like it, except for... He's a nice guy, and he might not treat girls that way. No way. That little that girl who's oh. in the bleachers, she probably came to tend on him when he was at home, and his old arm was in a sling. I'm sure she wanted. I'm sure she wanted that, but he probably said, "No, Cindy, Cindy, I, I, you need to save it for marriage. I, I, I couldn't possibly. Oh, no way. I, is I'm this not, not that? This is the Caputo character that they're laying out for us. He would not turn down a lady the, who is perfectly willing. And ready. Now, yeah, old Caputo wouldn't. Obviously, he's fucking figs. But this is young, bright. He hasn't learned that this pattern is maladaptive and a bunch of bullshit. All right. And hasn't gotten de- to be a desperate loser. I don't know why you're loser. arguing this with me. Because <laughs> I'm bright. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, Flaka is walking down the hallway, and she recovers a union pamphlet that some of the guards have been spreading around to the employees mm-hmm. out of the trash. Because not everybody, I don't know if you've been part, have you been part of uh, a union push? No. When I worked at Walmart as a you cashier back in my tender years, please continue. Uh, they actually tried to get uh, the bag. I don't know exactly what union it was. This is how successful the union was at, <laughs> at going in there. They actually tried to get a union into Indiana Walmarts, mm-hmm. and it was pretty much crushed exactly how it happened here in this year episode. They haven't been crushed yet. Haven't been crushed yet, but this is the blueprint. The yeah. whole get everybody around, do a whole where a worker employee, and aren't you thankful you have jobs? And we're so awesome. And in fact, we're going to announce a fifty cent raise. And I mean, it was it was effective because uh, nobody unionized. Uh, anyway, Donaldson is doing the count, and he's getting more than he counted on. He's getting some uh, fangirl Rod Cocker love. So, yeah, that's going on as Angie gets her early release paperwork. It's a shock to her because she's got, like, hella lots of time left on her uh, docket. But apparently there's been some kind of paperwork snag. And Didn't the woman walk into the bunk and ask for Sarah? She said, Sarah, Sarah Rice, and then she answered to it? Well, I mean, I feel like if you're a prison guard and you're, you're, you're a prisoner and mm-hmm. you're working with a new prison guard... Mm-hmm then you're always going to be on the lookout for a scam. It's kind of like when the substitute teacher is but in town. Seemed, but even when she got to the bus station, she seemed like she wasn't even trying to run a scam at all. She was like... Well, that was that was Pensatucky not being up on the scam more than anything. No, I'm saying Angie is the reluctant releasee. She's like, are you sure? Yeah. I, I Like I said, I feel like there's an element of substitute teacher. You're trying to get away with stuff. And also, is this something I should... You know, how much trouble am I going to get in? Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. But uh, Leanne and Angie seems to think that this is a Norma miracle. 
And Leanne, to her credit, is just super happy that her, even though this means a deprivation of her friendship with uh, Angie, mm-hmm. she's still happy for her as a sister. And I thought that was cute. Yeah. Anything else to talk about? Nope. Moving on. Uh, Belle, it turns out, is reading this smut, too. And she actually blows the Rod Cocker cover. She goes, oh, yeah, I totally can see that now that you mention it. Uh, this will have repercussions later. <laughs> Alex tries to apologize to Lolly and try to make sure things are cool so she doesn't get, like, you know, sent to the shoe for beating the shit out of her. Or worse down the hill. Or worse down the hill. And it, she then, halfway through the conversation, realizes instead of working against the crazy, I'm just going to go with the flow. I'm going to paddle downstream. Mm-hmm. And she reveals the fact that she's not working for NSA. She's CIA. She's a double agent. For she's them. she's for them mm-hmm. the the really real them yeah uh, which is like I I feel like it's a foolproof tactic to gain the trust of a uh, conspiracy lunatic mm-hmm. the downside now is that you've gained the trust of conspiracy lunatic and whatever things that they were trying to hide about their 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 true thoughts and feelings about society are now going to come at you unfiltered mm-hmm. and I don't know if Alex has a plan for that we'll see. I don't know. First, she's going to get some Vagisil. She is. She's on the hook. She's on the hook for one tube of Vagisil. Mm. One crisis at a time. (laughs) Uh, Boo goes to Pentatucky and says, Yo, bitch, I want my donuts. I told you to suck a dick and get some more goodies, which is super unfortunate verbiage. Yes. And super inappropriate. And Boo would be retrospectively horrified to find out that this was all a big, uh, uh, bad context thing that she's got going on here. But Pinsatucky's happy because she's got a real present. She's got a she's got a little bling on her wrist. Yeah, she's got a little bling, all right. She's got two blings. She's got some shiners. More of a ding, yeah. She's also got bruised wrists, which Boo first takes to be like some kind of allergic skin reaction, and then mm-hmm. realizes, oh shit. Uh, and I thought yeah, this is something I talked about with uh, Amy last episode that I was betting because we're talking about like you know what is rape and how men women see rape, and one of the things we talked about is. They're, one of the reasons rapes are underreported is because uh, it's it's a hard thing to admit to, to like yeah. actually internalize the fact that I was victimized. Yeah, it's emotional blackmail, I think. Yeah, and you can see or that she physical is... physical blackmail, sexual blackmail. It's all that stuff. I mean, it's it's like a Stockholm, very micro version of, of Stockholm Syndrome, and she is completely carrying his water for him. You know, it's not his fault. I was yeah. being hella confusing. You know how men get. This is something has, boys do. She has boobs. I mean, he couldn't control himself. Of course, of course. This is how she's been conditioned to think. Um, really heartbreaking. Yeah. No, it's it's horrifying to see how this stuff works. Seeing in her cases like this, kind of believe this stuff she's spewing. Yeah. It's it's really sad, but. She's got a good friend in Boo. Yeah. Thank goodness. Yeah, and you can tell Boo is just fucking about to come unglued. And again, more on that later. I'm excited to see where this goes. I think uh, I think Boo's a good ally to have. I like their friendship. It's so sweet. I will it's say, I expected. Yeah, I was going to say, if you'd asked me, what's the number one road sh- entertaining roadshow, heartwarming, uh, buddy prisoner plotline of this season, I would not have anywhere called. Boo 
and Pensatucky. Both Target and Big Boo. Oh my god. I mean, they're both kind of they were both kind of gross characters in their own way. I mean, Pensatucky was this just really fucking ignorant anti Bible thumping, but hypocritical about it. And yeah. Boo was just this uh almost like masculine to the point of being misogynistic, lesbian, aggressive and they're just like but kind of abrasive characters, but put them together and they soften each other up. Yeah, they sure do. Yeah, I'm excited for that. Hope we get more of that next season. Uh Alex and Pipes. Gross. I'm already throwing Stop up. It. Why did you say that? Talk about Alex's paranoia problem and how she just thought everyone is out to shank her and ho ha ha, you were fucking around that Ruby Rose chick. And Piper lies to her face and then accepts Alex's apology for it. It's, oh, it's awful. She's just a terrible person. Yeah. Yeah. I've, like, I'm if you weren't a, a garbage, the, the way a garbage person, a non garbage person would react if they were caught in this situation, which they're already half in mm-hmm. Oscar DeGrouch's house at this point, mm-hmm. but they would say, look, I got to come clean. Before you take me back, you need to realize that things were really weird. Between, I mean, you can come up with a bunch of excuses, but you have to say, I was fucking around with Ruby Rose. Yeah, I think that... Um, I think so, anyway. I think they're not being honest with each other, obviously, about the fact that they You're actually, saying they're not keeping 100 and honest? They are changing what would Lafayette say? fundamentally, and there's nothing wrong with that. Agreed. Yeah, like... Like, of course, Alex, Alex is kind of growing up and Piper's still stuck in high school. Alex so. was, I think, successfully rehabilitated by the system. And by that, I mean that she got scared straight. Mm. Like, she knows there are heavy consequences for even the slightest fuck up. And she doesn't want to do that anymore. She doesn't want to be in prison. She was in. She got a taste of what it was like to be back out. And now she's in. and She doesn't want that. Yeah. Piper, for some reason, <laughs> is like thriving and growing here like like fungus and cow shit. <laughs> you know, you've almost redeemed Alex's arc in my Alex eyes. Is That's... Tip, she's tipped the scales in a sympathetic for me again. Hmm. Yeah, because why wouldn't... I mean, you're right. That's Why wouldn't she be, oh, woe is me, I'm back in here. And yeah, she fucked over Piper, but I don't think she... Re- I did. I and never a, buy the relationship anyway. And at this point, she kind of was right about being paranoid because even though Lolly wasn't sent by Kubra, she was still following her. Yes. And I'm giving her reason to be paranoid. It's, yeah. She had legitimate reasons. Like, I don't yes, think she, that this was like a great place to take Alex's character, but it uh, yes. worked. Yes. You're right. I still, you're, that's, that's a good way to put it. I still fundamentally disagree with the direction they took her character. But having said that, now that I see where they were taking it, this was an effective way. This was a, uh, you know, this was the Google Maps direct direction <laughs> to get there. The fastest route. Your route is clear. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. It's like, I'm not sure why we went here, but okay, we're here. So, and, we, and, yeah. and there was no, no traffic. So, uh, Gloria has a shiner because, you know, her and Sophia got in that scuffle over <laughs> their both mutual pride. Gloria and a wall got in a fight in the wall one. <laughs> And uh, Alita is really putting Sophia on blast to all the ladies at lunch. And none of them are buying it. I mean, they that's the key. It. No. No, look at the look on Black Cindy and Tacey's face. By the Not at first, but by the end of it, they are just kind of they're See, sampling I, it and they're not spitting it out. Here's the thing. I got a different take on that. I think they're not buying it, but they're go, it's, like, oh, it's one of those things where if you see a chicken being pecked to death by the other chickens because it's got a red spot on it or whatever... 
you're not and you're in an environment where you know you get a red spot on you, you get pecked to death you get some blood on you you're probably not going to step in and save the one chicken so i think that is like the 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 enough of the community had decided that this was a problem that taking a stand was going to be and there's a little bit of that with soso and Pusey later on too that i'm going to talk not about wrong i would say tasty just staying out of it but or right. the girls just staying out of it when they hear that there's trouble brewing. I don't well, know. I think that's an interesting way of saying it's another critique of like, you know, when people I see a lot of this shit on Facebook when in whenever there's some kind of like big social justice win, okay? There's always a type of person that either doesn't say anything, and again it's Facebook, so who cares? But they either don't say anything or my favorite is I'm so tired of people talking about politics. When can we stop talking about politics? Which is kind of key for, you know, code word for, I wish this shit would just go away. Why do I have to talk about it? And that's, you know, kind of what's going on here. Yeah. Except for there's no consequences for just, you know, being supportive and being an ally on the internet. Turning a blind eye is almost as bad as... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, being the perpetrator. Yeah, like if you're not standing up, you're 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 taking a side. The fence. It's kind of like how this preacher always like to say: you got Satan on one side and God on the other. And if you're sitting on the fence, Satan owns the fence. Like it's that situation. Only less crazy God Satan thing. I don't get that. (laughs) I don't think I want to get that. Good, good. Uh, let's move on to Leanne tripping Soso in the lunchroom and, mm. and she finds out her little stunt about saying I'm better than all of you. And that's not a bad thing. <sighs> surprise, surprise is backfired. And now everyone hates her. Everyone hates her. Uh, Piper comes up and says, Hey, I'm missing the panty drops and boo. And I think yoga Jones says, you need to talk to our rep Flaka. And they're saying they're not working for ramen no more. We want fair pay for stank pants. No, fair pay for skanky pants. Skanky pants. All right. Yeah. I think stank pants is better. Nah. <laughs> so Union Mania is sweeping the prison. Mm-hmm. Uh, Angie escapes uh, essentially by looking vaguely similar to a terrible picture of and the he, other Rice girl. Letting letting the other Sarah Rice take a picture like Samara from The Ring. <laughs> What on earth? I have to right. pull my hair back, and I can't smile in a picture for my driver's license. But yeah. you're letting prisoners just look like completely different people? Yeah. Yeah, no. It, this, this is hard to believe. But the point is, you've got new prison guards, and this guy clearly has no idea how to read a fingerprint. No. And he's just going through the motions, assuming that the system is working and everything's going to be fine, and no one, rather than say, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, just, you know, keep stamping out the widgets until... You know, someone else finds out there's a problem. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was interesting. It kind of finally, this this show really makes the point about, uh, you know, as if the other episodes didn't, why you need kind of experienced people and crew working this particular job site. Uh, and they make that point again and again in this episode. Yeah. Anything else you want to talk about before we move on to Piper avoiding Ruby Rose? Uh, just go on into it. Just do it. Just do it. She is. She is a scab. Stella. Stella Ruby Rose is a scab in in prison. Cross union. right over that picket line with uh, how many more would you say? Double. I don't know. The She's, usual drop. And they're scabby panties, so you think they're probably devil. Oh, I know, right? Why right. Did you say that. Crusty. 
but she says she's outdone herself, alluding to the scab situation, obviously. Yeah. Uh, and she says she she correctly deduces that there's an Alex problem, and she gives her the panties and says, "Let me know when you want more," referring to both the panties and the sex stuff. Yes. So there you go. Uh, the real rice wants to know about her release when she's getting out mm-hmm. and Maxwell hears about it and her acting performance is so good because she is so over this shit. She's so over it. She's so tired uh, of this crap. <laughs> I just want a gif of her uh, with Maxwell closing her eyes and just shaking her head like over it. Yep. It's a good, it, that'd be a good uh, gif for my reaction win. I should look for that later. Mm, if not, post in the show notes. <laughs> I was gonna say, if not, we do have a Netflix subscription. We can make that happen. And a visual video, video capture card. Uh, <laughs> praise Norma. All the Norma cult are praising her and giving tribute to her because they're all wanting a miracle like what Angie got. Norma's eating this up. She is. She totally is. But then Soso comes in and says, "Hey, I'm being bullied by your group," which is kind of true, but only half of the story. Uh. And she gives this big speech about how uh, Leanne's fucking everything up and turning this into, like, a little Hitler situation. And she mainly ends up alienating her few supporters. Because, like, Poussey's starting to go to bat for her, but then she calls everybody else pussies. Yeah, so, so, so starts out on the right path, but then sabotages herself yet again. Um, Which has been a consistent and very annoying character trait of hers i haven't seen her show any growth at all this yeah season. i feel like everyone else i'm seeing some things happen with their characters but she's like getting worse yeah where could this go for her i don't know and even it's like you know i i know i've had debates with some the other women and it's like last episode when soso was just making excuses like i'm just a nervous laughter and i do and i'm like come on like there's no sense of taking responsibility and like oh that was really bad no, i did social it. awareness it's mostly about how she feels yes about the situation in any situation and she just has no empathy whatsoever i don't think that's birdie's that problem she doesn't know how to deal with just a raging narcissist birdie yeah like, she's probably, not, I don't know how many of those types she's encountered. Like, a Piper, so-so, just everything's about me, and i never in the wrong, and I've got a superiority complex. But I think that's what it is. Like, Birdie just misread that. And I'm not saying she should have put her on medication or something. Or I'm not even saying she should have gave her tough love. I'm not a psychologist. Well, I'm just uh, saying that telling her that she's better than everyone. No, but isn't it in the character of a narcissist to tell a story and spin it in their own favor? Certainly. Like, I am the victim in this situation. If Birdie hears a story without any context, hmm. then she has no reason to think that this innocent woofer uh-huh. is anything but a saint. She's being picked on by all these hardened criminals. You know what's interesting? I've always heard that narcissists are notoriously impossible to treat. Like with therapy or anything like they that. They don't think there's a problem. But I wonder I wonder how hard they are to even diagnose. Like if you have one in your office and you're dealing with it, do you do you have to rely on second and third hand accounts? Especially someone or who is, can is you compulsively get lying as much as they tend to do. Right. Because that's the thing. I feel like everyone does that to some extent. Yeah. Everyone has their side of the story that they can only see and that's kind of part of your bi- built-in bias, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, narcissists are that with, like, some kind of planetary hoth shield around it to prevent anything from being misaligned from their kind of self-perfect image. They lie to themselves so much that they don't even realize they're lying. Mm. That's the thing. Mm. I feel like 
we're probably very ungenerously reading into Soso, and we're also not qualified to make these kind of psychological evaluations. I feel but like we have. I like where you're enough. going. You should run with it. We're speaking with from experience, <laughs> so maybe we should just move on. As raging narcissists ourselves, we yes. know it when when we see it. I have a cat. Okay, that's my experience. <laughs> I own a cat. I feel very passionately about this. Yes, this is a heartless creature <gasps> that cares nothing for anyone but itself. <sighs> Uh, let's see here. Healy cannot j- believe this Suzanne story. Somehow she's winded back on his desk. Uh, but Suzanne seems very thrilled that her works are reaching a wider audience. Like she she's just, this is so subversive for her. Uh, she reveals that Admiral Rodcocker's original name was almost Donald Schlong. <laughs> I think she's right. It was a mistake to change that. Yeah. But what are you going to well, do? I don't know. Rodcocker's pretty good. Rodcocker's pretty good. And she also... Very coyly acknowledges how the fact that she knows where uh, Rod Cocker's birthmark. Donaldson's birthmark? Yeah. I want to know where Donaldson's birthmark is. I want to know what Donaldson's birthmark is. Yeah, that's what I just said. Right. Is it like a map of the USSR, like, you know, Gorbachev's forehead? Or is it like... Forehead. <laughs> <laughs> that's a very specific tattoo to get, but well, that's what my I'm imagining fantasy was. It. I mean, it's a perfect image in my head of Gorbachev's forehead. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Maybe we'll find out in the maybe, next few episodes. Maybe we get two episodes. We can hope. There's time. Fingers crossed, people. For more chapters. I thought it was interesting that her muse, because she's a lesbian woman, although maybe she's more of like an omnisexual or bisexual, or I, she seems like she's not sexual at all, kind of. No, she doesn't. I mean, she's never had sex. Maybe she hasn't had time to explore and kind of... Yeah. I mean, if she has the maturity of a six-year-old, then I don't think she's really gotten to that point in her life where she knows what she finds to be sexually attractive yet. Hmm. I don't know. Still, I don't remember as a six-year-old fantasizing about dudes. Uh... You fantasized about girls? No, but every once in a while I'd see like a stunning woman and I can remember thinking like, whoa, I didn't know why or how, but like, I like looking at this and I'm not sure why. Did you ever... I have crushes, like crushes on, yeah, on, on so. people. Hmm. You know, like... I can't speak from that experience. I don't know. Other than what I'm sexually attracted to, I don't know what it's like. Yeah, to that's identify. the hell of it. That's, that's, that's why empathy is hard. <laughs> it's hard to put yourself into another person's but anyway, uh, she clearly finds Rod Cocker to be a muse, but mm. at the same time is very drawn towards people like she was to Piper and to What's her face? P-squared. And who, oh, yeah, P-squared. Thank mm-hmm. you. Thank you for running with that. You're welcome. Uh, let's see. Angie is getting out. And oh, she, and yes. can, I just, can I just vent for a second about how annoying it is to see how fucking smug healy was at the end of this ah, for such because li- the oh other thing is you, you know that you can see the molehill that he's calling a mountain here and you know the justifications for it already i was going to deal with this a little bit later but yeah run go for it that was it that's all i had to say uh, it's just the look on his face just make you so angry you boil up like you would think she got caught with a bale of marijuana and five kilos of cocaine and three shivs made out of jolly ranchers he's a master's in social work he is he's a master truly master and commander that was it but we can talk more about it later all right angie's getting out and she says peace out pin uh and she i also liked i'm sorry about that stuff with leanne but i always liked you anyways which i thought was sweet did you notice codes getting um more inappropriate in front of other 
Yeah, he's not keeping a low profile. Of course, he he just raped her within view of the prison. I'm assuming there's cameras there. So yes, he's, he's yeah. But he's do you think, a do you, stupid man. Do you think that's going to come back on them? Since Angie's going back in the prison, do you think that'll play any part in the future for her to be kind of? Yeah, because as soon as her yeah, because as soon as her and Ange found out about, or Leanne and Ange found out about Loosecheck, little stash of herb. They were yeah. quick to use that, and then well, actually, that wasn't it. It was when they found out that he he had uh, essentially stole their heroin from them. That's when it all went bad. But yeah, you're right. Or maybe she just won't say anything about their relationship if she views it to be consensual. Mm. You through Pensateki's eyes as a return favor for her covering for the wrong name. Well, and you know, as as dark as things got last season, things are kind of getting really dark with Soso. Mm-hmm. Like when we think of, and I'm I'm. You could also say, wow, they are really maybe going to go to the fact that they've got some kind of information over our coat so they can really hurt her mm-hmm. later. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you think about how this is escalating. Where is it going to stop? Mm-hmm. You know, someone's going to get hit by a truck, by a dying and, inmate. Oh, God, we're on board and we're strapped in. It's uh, I do not want to see where this ends. All right. Uh, anyway... She screws up by calling her aunt, or yeah, by calling her Ange, and he says, "Wait, isn't your name Sarah?" And then Pentatucky quickly covers for a mistake by saying, "Hey, I call her Ange because she reminds me of Angelina Jolie." And nice save, yeah, good looking out. That's some. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. Pentatucky's not stupid. She's ignorant, but she's not dumb. <laughs> All right. Uh, so she's been dropped at the bus, and Caputo is losing it. Uh, it seems like. Things are going to be in a bad way for Coates because why the fuck is their radio not on? Why are they not responding? He finds out it's Coates. He's like, oh, fucking Coates. So that's not good. Maybe this will be the trend wreck ending is that Coates just gets fired and then that's the end of it. And then Doggett isn't clear. That would be a blessing. That would be a real Norma time miracle. Uh, Maxwell is quite rightly pointing out that this is the MCC's new computer system that fucked up the prison records. And then the new guards don't know the inmates' name or faces or how to read fingerprints or how to compare photo IDs. And she talks about how the fact, like, you know, with Suzanne, she knows the difference between her having an episode and her just being excited. And she knows, like, all these mundane facts. Gloria fa- is going to take a shit. Exactly. All these mundane facts about all the prisoners. And the new people are not even bothering to to learn their name. And she's like, this is a clusterfuck. And... You, you know, reap what you've sown, all that bullshit. It's true. I mean, what are you going to do? You bring these people in and you're pay- not paying them much. You're paying them or not giving them benefits. You're working them short hours. So clearly we're you... not. Yeah, clearly we're not going to. They have no motivation to be good employees. We're not going to pay them a fair wage. That's not something we can do. No. So uh, Piper asks Red if she can think of anyone who's in for organized crime, which just starts pissing Red off because she's like, look, I work for the Russian mafia. I'm not sure if you've seen any crime movie since like 1999 or any recent James Bond movie, but we're kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. We're kind of a big deal. And then she says, she, I, I love her line is like, first, you don't ask me to wear your panties and now you insult my criminal bona fides. You know what? I'm thinking you can just fuck yourself. Yeah, she she destroys Piper. Like, she's like, look, you don't know what the fuck you're doing as far as, you know, moving money around, which we got a little bit of how the prison economy works here. Mm-hmm. Like, there's these there's these money cards that you can charge with the cell phone, and then people on the outside can get it out for you and stuff your commissary box. It's not just about stamps, people. 
things I, have evolved. Maybe maybe that's another criticism. That's like that's maybe how things worked in the seventies, but we got there are real ramen packets on the table here. <laughs> He's got these <laughs> green dot money tangible. packs, man. So uh, uh, I think this is a pretty good uh, enterprise to run if you're an unassuming person that's not interested in leaving a life of crime. Piper, when she gets out in a few months, I think this is could still be a good enterprise for her. So you think she should go through the enterprise as is or just recruit some of her yuppie friends to wear panties There's, and set? Because that's the thing. Like You could just make this legit and yeah. sell the fantasy. No, I'm just saying that there's women that are on the inside that she's making friends with. Like Some of those women are going to be in there for life. They can continue once she's released. So she can be the outside guy putting money on these on these money pack cards. But why take the risk of smuggling things in and out of prison when you can just lie? And falsely market something. Don't it's you like, have any business integrity? I'm Is talking, that what you're doing here? That you're just pumping out lies onto your podcast? It's like when you call a 900 number. A real product. When you call a 900 number, you don't expect to talk to the model that's on the television show. That, that's not who I've been talking no, to? No, you're, you're talking to a 45-year-old uh, housewife from Minnesota named Rebecca. And she's a really nice person. I don't believe that. Me and Jamee had a connection. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, she says, the thing is, you got to find a cell phone. And Piper's like, how will I do that? And Red's like, this is prison. Contraband everywhere. If you really want this, you go find one. You're a smart cookie. You'll figure it out. Uh, Danny tries to roll tough on Caputo and say, you're in, you're in a lot of trouble here, Joe. And Joe's like, uh, bullshit. When the marshals get called, it's going to be the not a warden. <laughs> the director of human activities just takes the fall, not me. I got really excited here for a Danny Caputo road trip. Yeah. Yeah. We I love road shows. So I feel like. They could have had this entire conversation in the car. The admitting to the nepotism, the being kicked out of Ohio State. Caputo yeah. could have had another flashback while in the car about leaving or his wife leaving him. That could have been there. I think Caputo's worried about leaving the prison completely unguarded. Was. When you've got like a, you know, your your solid employees are disgruntled and talking about unionizing and might be looking for a chance for this place to screw up. It's that's why it's not desperate yet. Yeah, I'm not. Maxwell's still there. I'm not sure why jo- Joe did this, except for he wanted to make sure it got done right. And he's got this kind of complex and he, you know, was wanting to save his own ass here, too. No, I think he just wanted to be the savior all by himself. Yeah. Yeah, that's also consistent with his uh, M.O. Story that we were told was going to happen at the beginning of the episode. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. They're excellent. Uh, I'll give him full marks for the repetition for <laughs> emphasis. Uh, anyway, this leads to another Joe flashback where they're excited that his band, and he's got this crazy hair, uh, is going to ha- be out on the road for 10 months. And his girlfriend, Elise, shows up, and she's pregnant. But she's pregnant with uh, Joe's best friend and bandmate, Hank. Hank. uh, Who he's already forgiven her for having an affair with, and now she's pregnant by this guy. And he says, I'm calling off the road to band trip, and I'm staying here, and I'm taking care of you. Even though she says, you don't have to do any of that stuff. So, did she end up having a conversation with Hank after she talked to Caputo? I'm sure she did. They alluded to that later. And Hank let Caputo stay... And went out on his tour. Sure. And then was still accepted back into this woman's life. Sure. These are the same people throughout all the years. They're the same assholes. And yeah, I think I I was sort of flip-flopping in this 
whether he should stay or whether he's a bad person or she's a bad person or a good person for accepting a father for her baby. Uh-huh. Um, and I still think Caputo shouldn't have done that. Well, I think... He's a, he's a doormat. Th- that's the thing. Like, if you go on this all-in offer, I'll sacrifice everything for you, when the other person... Cl- even if the other person's totally on board... uh again, this was not a quid pro quo. And that's where I think nice guys like Joe go wrong. They're like, if I do X, Y, and Z, then you will do A, B, and C. And A and B and C is like, I'll stay with you forever. I'll be faithful to you. I'll do... It doesn't work like that. I think, yeah, what he just wanted in exchange was appreciation and respect. Uh Uh-huh. But he's doing the opposite thing to get those... No one's going to respect you for just not being spineless, I guess. I don't know. I'm not saying Well, it's not just, right. I'm not, I'm, I, I, like I said, I, I mean, there's that too, that yes, he is a complete pushover and it, it does seem like, you know, he doesn't have any edge to him. It would be different if she had asked for help. Right. She would be him, a full on terrible person if she says, please, Joey, I want to be with you and I want to make this work as a family and then used him and then threw him away. Yeah. He volunteered himself to be used. It's not like they were madly in love. It's not like yeah. she didn't have anywhere to go. She had her parents, and it seemed yeah. like a good support system. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She wasn't asking him for anything. I mean, he volunteered, and that's all laudable and, uh, and all, but part of volunteering is the experiment might blow up in your face. Yeah. And you can't call her a whore and a skank and a cunt when that happens. Yeah. Not, in, not and still try to maintain the high ground anyway. You can do it. It's a human mm-hmm. reaction, but then don't try to tell everybody what a saint you are. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on uh, to this disgusting contraband montage of Piper going through all this. St- and I about lost it at the shower drain, the shower drain, like uh, all the stuff? pubic hair. I'm thinking, who is the person so addicted to cigarettes? Were those cigarettes? I didn't even get to look at what the contraband was. I was probably so distracted by how gross it probably was. Probably some jazz cigarettes, I'm assuming, because they looked a little hand rolled, but. <laughs> But still, Jesse, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's that Mary Jane. They're on the Mary Jane. <laughs> uh, but I, th- I was like, I'm not. I can't imagine loving something so much that I would scoop it out of a sea of pubic hair. What if it was a salt? And then put my lips to it. Well, it's in a plastic baggie. <sighs> I guess. Would you pick out a? lollipop that was still in its original shrink wrap from a pile of pubic hair and then r- unwrap it and put it in your mouth yes okay well you too can run a prison gang then <laughs> i just revealed myself it's as unable. a rapper <laughs> it's just science you're right i'm the wrong person here i just couldn't do it i'm too right. weak uh there is a it, she does find some interesting stuff i also like the candy shiv i alluded to the thing made out of jelly ranchers yeah like that's a one-shot weapon it but is. I bet it does massive damage. Yeah. Brilla's fuck, but yeah. Like, I've made a candy cane shiv so sharp that I bet I could kill somebody with it. Yeah. But it's just this one-shot weapon. It's a glass cannon. You know what? You only fire that thing once. Like I say to your son all the time, anything can be a weapon. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Out of context, that sounds weird, but mm-hmm. anything can be a weapon. And just pile enough Jolly Ranchers on top of each other and stab enough times. It'll get there. It'll get the job done. <laughs> I was also thinking about how... How bad you want it. 
No, I was kind of comparing it to like an icicle. If you stab someone with an icicle and then the evidence melts, it's, it's like, crime. yeah, it's a perfect crime. Yeah. So, I'm pretty sure there's an Encyclopedia Brown about an ice bullet at some point. I found myself wondering how long it would take Jolly Ranchers to dissolve inside of an open wound. And I feel less uh, about myself as a person. Yeah. I don't think it would. I think it would just kind of like turn to like jello at best. I think that I should turn myself in after this podcast. All right. Well, after this podcast, you're certainly on some government lists. <laughs> uh, and I'm keeping all the Jolly Ranchers locked. <laughs> locked up tonight uh people are talking a lot of shit unfortunate shit behind sophia's back oh. and it's starting to affect her business her salon's empty uh tasty is this is terrible weave well yeah and also yeah 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 yeah. and sophia called that shit out and also there's two salons in this prison right get the fuck out of here well, next year we're gonna find out like how Jinji cohen spins that unrealistic plot point out into yeah. a heartwarming story <laughs> of courage and triumph and that makes us laugh and cry because she probably will like she's done at this uh prison cafeteria plot line mm-hmm. uh i thought tasty had, or not tasty sophia had this really epic rant about the worst thing about becoming a woman is having to join this sorority of caddy bullshit mm. and she Fucks everyone, says fuck all y'all. And she fucks everyone? Well, no. But she says fuck all y'all and I'm mm. out of here. Yep. Um, but yeah, they're saying she's an MMA fighter and she's still got a penis and like all this other stuff. So it's pretty bad news. Uh, Piper tells Alex about her new scheme and she goes, this is what prison g- gangs do. I don't want to get in any deeper. This is just kind of a fun gag hobby and you grow up. Good advice, Piper. Will she take it? No. Probably not. Will she double down on the bullshit? Yes. Okay. That's my prediction as well. <laughs> uh, you know what? Dai's about to pop. She is big as two houses, and Ruiz is being very sweet and giving her like advice on how to bear cow children. <laughs> bear cow children. And how not to wreck your vagina in the process. And, and then she know. finds out that she's planning on giving it away, and Ruiz can't fucking believe it. And I understand... <laughs> It's one of those things where when someone tells you that you've made a different decision than them on a, on a very critical and important subject, it's hard not to be offended. I think that Daya failed to mention some facts here. Uh, for one, Ruiz, Ruiz's baby is with her boyfriend slash husband. The baby's with his father, and he's a good father on the outside. And like it or not, he chose to stop bringing the baby there because he thought it was a bad choice for the child, which... But that wasn't, that I mean, wasn't Ruiz's de- choice. You're making a decision in the interest of a child, so bravo. What, but, There's, uh, I mean, there's just one check. Yeah, but Ruiz doesn't see it that way. No, that's fine, but Daya doesn't have that, is the point. Daya has um, no some distant, not even relative of hers, some other guy who's collecting... The, the women's in the prison's children on the outside and pointing guns in their faces. Yeah. That's not the same thing. No, I get it, but <sighs> what I'm saying is I understand why Ruiz blew up because Daya not trying to say that by t- making a different choice from, from her was, tr- was threatening to make Ruiz think that she was a bad mother for trying to no, kind that of... was plain text you don't have to speak on her behalf that okay. was all there in the scene i'm just saying that i don't think daya spoke on her own behalf at all okay but again i don't think ruiz is going to be open to hearing it that's the thing 
she was so angry about this implication that she's a terrible mother and she's already in prison, not being a seer child and now being called a terrible mother was too much for her. And she like fucking, you know, she said some really bad stuff that she can't take back. Mm -hmm. And it also really hit home with Daya. Like, I feel like Daya internalized all of this as well. Anyway, Bell, Ford, and O'Neill are talking about the finer points of prison organization and quoting Les Mis to each other, which was pretty cute. Mm -hmm. I like it. I'm a big fan. Uh, Caputo calls, and Danny says, Hey, bud, I've been holding down the fort, and there's some weird shit with Birdie and prison smut, and I sent her packing. And then he tells Joe that he's a good man, maybe too good for this job. And again, the hammer hits me in the face for a fourth time. About the the Joe character, yeah, and it leads us right to another Caputo flashback, mm-hmm. where he's a correctional officer and got a haircut. It's cool that he's got a he's got a mustache trim and a haircut, and he's being led around by this older guard uh, that talks about how they don't fix shit anymore because maybe Figs has already taken over, or maybe Figs was shown the whole corruption oh ropes by someone over. else, huh? Imagine Figs got to be in her twenties then too. May ooh maybe there was some scandal with her and the other warden and she got some she got some uh, upper hand on him. I want It would have been interesting to see her as also a guard there. No, mm, I don't no. think that's the case. I think she's always had. She's like the she was like the prison comptroller or something. No, I don't think she even and got she her start blew in the, the prison. Warden she's her husband. Her husband's a politician, so sure. I think she probably got started going to college and then married him young and then was placed in these positions instead of working her way up. Isn't that yeah. usually how it goes? Uh, you're probably right. Uh, there's a couple other things. Miss Rosa is in is here and she's got her hair and she's younger and, and she's watching whatever the hell she wants. Yeah, the the white girls use the television from. 10 to noon and then the latinos and black women use it from noon to two and then we rotate on throughout for the rest of the day except for me i do whatever the hell i want <laughs> that was some pretty straight gangster shit mm-hmm. and yeah, hope we I'm, I'm hoping we get more miss rosa uh, in the ensuing seasons she's just the boss i don't think we'll get any miss rosa ever again uh are you ready for another hammer smack in the face because the olympics are on and hey, that could you know J- Joe could have been something if he hadn't separated his shoulder. No, yes, no, he couldn't have. No, he couldn't have. Yeah. Do you know how many state wrestling championships there are in the United States? There's fifty. Okay. Are there? There's fifty. Hey, did you count? <laughs> I did. I I, I double checked it, and and <laughs> and there's probably one for each weight class, mm-hmm. and then what? There's like three dudes that can make the Olympics. Each, okay, know. so maybe he had a pretty good chance of making it. Maybe yeah, I'm completely underestimating <laughs> what his Wheaties botch career as a wrestler would have done for him if he hadn't separated his shoulder. Yeah. I feel like an asshole now. You should. I forgot there's only he 50 states in this country. He had a promising future as a wrestler and then a rock star. He did. And then a father, and, and he kept, all of those came crashing down. Kept waving those at those ships goodbye to do the quote-unquote right thing. Uh, anyway. What's uh, that supposed to teach us? I think you're supposed to you do the right thing, but not for any expe- expectation of reward. And, the right and, thing and for if you, you always, and if you do that, I think that one. makes if you have the so, so so people have a fundamentally fucked up view of the world, which is they do good things and they're owed good things in response. That's not true. The world doesn't really give a shit about you. So having that real, having that zen of putting things out in the universe and not expecting to get things back. Number one, it's going to make you a happier person, which is going to let you give more back to the universe. And number two, 
it's also going to keep you from doing stupid things that are going to torpedo you in life because you're going to give you're going you're going to give too much and then have nothing left to give and then become a stingy grinchy asshole to the universe. Mm-hmm. So enlightened selfishness is actually a good thing. Is what I'm trying to say. All right, it's it. like the same thing. It's the whole principle behind um, if you're going down on an airplane, oxygen mask goes down. You should you should probably strap your baby oxygen mask on first because you care about that person, right? Wrong. You put your own oxygen mask on. That way you can put them on you both. Yeah. Instead of passing out and dying. That's yeah. what a Caputo would do. He would put the oxygen mask on, on the baby, baby and then he would pass out and he'd die and that baby would grow up without a daddy. Which in Caputo's case might be a, bo- a, a dodge bullet. Yeah. But still, the right. parable holds up. You, yes, okay. You got to take care of yourself so you can take care of others. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> Piper lays um, this new scheme out to all of her ladies, all of her all of her female prisoners, and she says, "Look, I'm gonna pay you seven bucks per pop, which is you know like ten percent profit or ten percent of the the gross, and I'm gonna give you two packets a day of flavor for for no, benefits. Two a week. Oh, until she's out. Beef and chicken a week until she's out. Which then they can buy their own damn packets for seven dollars. Not if she's buying them all. Well, she's gonna stop. That's the whole point." She was cornering the market. But if she doesn't continue to corner the market, how she... You know what? You're right. No. You're right. They could have just bought their own damn packets. No, Although, she's been buying out all the ramen yeah, consistently. That's been a cost of doing business. I'm waiting for someone to go Much less than seven bucks a panty, too. Earlier than her and buy all the ramen. How would they? They don't have any money. That's the thing. May, Why? Here's Why don't they have the, any money? The, no labor, the labor should have pooled their assets together, their dollar an hour assets, and then bought all the la- the the uh bought all the ramen and they just totally busted up. They they Piper wouldn't have been able to roll tough on them like she did. Mm-hmm. Mm, see, that's what you do. That's how you really <laughs> unite the labor. You get some money behind you, just like American politics. Mm-hmm. You don't have any money behind you, you're nothing. You're just gonna <laughs> get steamrolled. Anyway, she lays all this out, and then everyone's really, really super happy. The girls are so happy, and then she says, except for you, Flacca, you're fired. (laughs) Ruiz's reaction here, she goes, oh, shit. No, like, (laughs) it's like, it's like Piper the Dark Underlord. She she kind of was Michael Corleone in this scene, which is ridiculous and funny. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Suzanne talks to Pousset about feeling lighter, that she doesn't have all this pressure after the books have been confiscated to create anymore. And Suzanne's like, you know, or uh, Pousset's like, you know, whatever. And they have a, co- they finally talk about something that I've been wondering about since episode one: the fact that Suzanne assaulted Pousset, and that she has a right to hold a grudge. But then Suzanne made some good points about how V, tra- you know, treated me like a person, and she loved me, and people need love, which is something Pousset has been preaching of late, and they make up. Yeah. Very sweet. Um, this is the last of the major V riffs that's one, that's been healed. One of the most sincerest apologies I've ever seen. Uh, Birdie is on temporary leave, and Healy comes in to gloat and basically admit that he's the one that narked on her. And she says, "I'm not sure if you're a misogynist or a racist or both." Calls him a vengeful little man and reminds him that I'll be back. You know why? Because I'm good at what I do. Wouldn't it have been? <laughs> Wouldn't it have been a complete devastator? Like, make Healy curl up into a little ball under her desk if she had said, you sound like your mother. Because he did. Didn't he sound crazy the way he was going on about, like, moral justice and 
Hmm. Not yeah. crazy in the exact same way, but yeah. But like kind of. I mean, she already did a Mortal Kombat style fatality on him. The self-righteousness. That would have been a brutality, bringing the mother involved. If I, I bet if she'd known more about his, I mean, she doesn't know. How no. would she know? No, I'm just saying like. Although that's a set. Anytime you want to piss off someone you're arguing with, if you re- tell them compare, you. No, piss off anyone ever. Compare them to their parents. And specifically, I feel like the mother. The, no boy wants to hear that, and and no woman wants to hear that. No girl wants to hear that either. Oh, mothers get a really bad rap. So uh, then well, Caputo finds Angie at the bus station, uh-huh. and uh, and he continues to look smug by being the savior. Yeah, but I feel like he's starting to so temporary too. I feel like he's starting to turn a corner, and although ah, man, this this narrative doesn't really support that notion. No, he's not changing. Okay, you're he's, right. In fact, quite the opposite. He's finally getting the recognition that he's been told not to deserve. That, that, he, that he's being the like savior. he deserves this whole time. Yeah, yeah you're it's... right. I'm not sure what lesson we're supposed to take away from this, really. Me either. It's really, this, it's really undercutting. I feel like, you know, I'm at the foot of, G, you know, I'm like one of Jesus' apostles, and he's just told this, like, you know, crazy story about needles and camel's eyes and I'm like lord what does it mean he's like fuck if i know yeah like, it's like for the first time <laughs> the come episode on. we've been beat over the head with this idea and then you know about here she stops and she says so what have you learned uh-huh. and we regurgitate it and then you get beat over the head for giving that information back yeah no you're it's, wrong that's wrong that's wrong you haven't learned anything i don't know what i'm supposed to take away from this maybe we're supposed to it's supposed to put us into caputo's headspace where he's just incapable of learning a lesson from life maybe it'll pay off later in some sort of epic failure that's probably what'll happen this idea is going to come crashing down uh well the good news is he did have the presence of mind to turn down a blow jay from leanne or from angie rather because nothing good could have come of that. He could have still accepted the the car blow J, so road J. Mm. <laughs> the <laughs> road J. still going to shoot. Uh, he didn't say no. Oh, that's true. He said, he but then said he clarified. Like, you still have to go back to prison. And she's like, so that is, is that a yes or a no? <laughs> and he says, no, thank you. I'm joking. So, yeah. I no way do I think that he actually accepted a blow J from Angie. Also, Angie and Leanne kept a pet laundry frog down in the laundry room for eight months. Eight months. Bernie, right? That was his name? Billy, I think. Oh, Billy. Billy the frog. How? Sounds like it would be awful hot and dry for a frog. Yeah, he probably didn't have a good life. But, you know, that's prison. wonder how many of those months he was actually alive and hit their hiding place. (laughs) It's more of frog jerky. More yeah, those are back in the days frog. when they were getting lots of drugs yeah, in prison. Yeah, the, it, the, the contraband was flowing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Leanne cuts off Soso hair, Soso's hair in the middle of the night and does a terrifying war dance. And this is why you don't mess with losers, people, because they have nothing to lose. And this you might be providing them with the greatest moment in their life's history, which I feel like Leanne was willing to stay up all fucking night just so when Soso got up. She would be there what to whoop so, and so, call, count coup. Yeah, what if Soso had not woken up in the middle of the night? She, she would, would have still there be there. Until morning. Yes, she would. Yes, she would. Wow. Then that's why you don't fuck with losers because they got nothing else going on. Terrifying. Not, no matter how big an ad, just 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 like a pothole in the road, steer around. <laughs> <laughs> just steer around, man. Uh, Joe tries to play this uh, his U.S. Marshal routine as a bargaining chip. 
And then Danny turns around and starts union busting on him and says, if you thought this whole thing through, if the cost raised, the prison might fail and everybody be out of jobs. And won't that be a shame? He corporates him. He corporates him so hard. The thing is, is... And Caputo gets like these little Japanese emoticons in his eyes when yeah. he thinks about money and I'm, I need to think about myself now. Yeah. And that, that's the thing is like the, the, the funny thing about the corporate speak is it's not always wrong. Like if, if, the, if, the, if management is telling the truth and like we are almost out of money, we cannot afford this pension, we cannot afford blah, blah, blah. And you like, fuck you, we want it anyway. Everyone could lose their jobs. That is, you know, the tension between labor and management in a nutshell. Mm -hmm. It's it's a game of, uh, you know, stud poker <laughs> where it's it's who wants to go all in mm -hmm. and who's got the winning hand. Yeah. Most of the time it's labor, especially nowadays. Mm -hmm. But, you know, anyway, uh, let's see what else. We got a flashback with Joe coming home from work. And he finds out that Lisa's all packed up and Hank's back in town and the band is banging. And so is Hank going to be banging with Elise because she's leaving Joe and taking the baby. Yeah. And Joe just fucking goes ballistic uh, and calls her a slut. And it's, as she says, ugly. And now there's, I think people's natural reaction is to dislike her because of what she's doing is fundamentally unfair. I think it is too, to just uh, turn tail, but as soon as things look better on the other side. Sure. But I can't blame her. I mean, she did say in the beginning, the scene that we did see, she uh, didn't want Joe to stay, eventually accepted his help. Yeah. We don't know the intimate details of their relationship. Right. If we, there were late night talks where she promised to never leave him and he was the only one, well then this would be pretty awful. Sure. But if she was never fully on board and affectionate, like this well, was a forever thing, then I'm not saying that this isn't a shitty situation and Joe's not right to be completely devastated that this didn't work out mm -hmm. where he, what he can't do. Oh, I mean, but he kind of has nobody to blame but but himself. Like own the fact that you take like she says, take responsibility for your choices. Yeah, this is a choice you made, and and honestly, it wasn't hard to see it being a disaster. He chose it anyway because he wanted to make this family thing try work. It didn't work. She wasn't as invested as him. Nobody was ready for it. Uh, yeah, but he can't feel sorry for himself because he did all that as an attempt to get what he wanted and then yeah. he didn't get what he wanted. And I don't blame her if she, if it really is true love and if Hank really does turn out to be a good father, then I think she's Spoiler alert. Right. That's all going to be a disaster too. This, this seems like train wreck people. I'm not saying, I don't think the grass is greener in this case. I'm just saying but she's that free least, to make her choices and live her life. I, I can't blame her for making the choice that her heart's telling her. It's worth a try. I mean, if your choices is Hank and Caputo, Probably try Hank. You don't know Hank that well either. Yeah. I mean, maybe you go live with your parents and go it on your own and find someone that's not a total douchebag. How do you know that Hank's a total douchebag? He's in a band called Side Boob with Caputo. He's not a band He's in a band with a man who later came up with a band called Side Boob. <laughs> and he masturbates in his office in lieu of raping his inmates. Like, I, I don't need to make this hard of an argument for Hank's probably a douchebag. I, I think those are very... He cheated on his best friend with his best friend's girlfriend. No, they were broken up. 
Were they? Yes, that's what they said. Four months ago, we were broken up. But there was, was also a little bit thing. of intimation that while Joe thought that they weren't together, that she was still fucking this dude above and beyond what he thought was the, you know, stepping Just outside relationship. saying that those things aren't there on the screen for us to see. Hank is a gentleman and a scholar. I've been I'm just convinced. I'm just following Genji Cohen logic. <laughs> that's what we'll, that's the, the surprise twist for next season. Exactly. I'm just setting everyone up now for what's going to happen. Hank actually is like a Harvard law graduate and and he's completely turned his life and also he's a kick-ass uh face-melting mm-hmm. guitar shredding musician too. Mm-hmm. He's 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 all things to, to he's all people. He's the lead singer. You're just all over the place. <laughs> Uh, okay, so this goes down to Big Boo comes in and dumps a bunch of candy on, uh, Pittsucky's bed and says, all right, go down on me. You are for sale and you are a piece of meat and I get to do whatever I want to do to you. Uh, and you don't get to say anything because that's what you do. And it just completely devastates Doggett here. And I'm not sure about the psychology of this whole tough love approach of Big Boo, but it did work in this situation, and I do believe Boo's heart's in the right place, so yay. Yeah, I think it kind of broke her down in order to build her up. Not saying that that's a choice you should make, but it worked in this situation. Before you do an intervention like this, maybe consult a mental health professional. Um, (laughs) This isn't isn't any kind of uh, uh, therapy advice, but yeah, yeah. Having said all that... It worked in... How excited are you at the prospect of Big Boo helping Pentateuchy get this motherfucker? Um, excited and nervous. How so? I don't know. It could go, could go terribly wrong for them. Yeah, that could be yet another twist. All right, uh, let's move on to Piper giving Alex a blow by blow, uh, blow by blow account of how badass she was in dealing with the traitorous Flaka. And Alex says, I don't want to be involved with any of this, including you. I don't like this version of you. Piper says, well, I don't like the paranoid, needy, judgy bitch, Alex. And Alex is like, fine. I'm taking my talents to South Beach. And she pieces out. So, yeah, that's what I mentioned earlier, is that they refuse to admit to each other that they are changing as people. And that Piper has always been very just interchangeable whatever she needs or wants to be in any given situation. Yeah, a real social chameleon. Yeah, exactly. So But it's hard. It's hard to give it up. It's hard to, you know, breaking up is hard to do. They've they've made a song about it. Do they? Mm-hmm. How's it go? You know they, the real they. The real they? Yeah. Oh. Uh this conspiracy runs deeper than I thought. <laughs> uh so yeah, she's kind of like Michael Corleone at the end of Godfather too. She's alone left to look out over the lake. And contemplate her misdeeds. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a union meeting at the bar where the guards are trying to, you know, kind of get this this labor movement off. And Caputo goes, comes and shows up, and he coaches this coaches them in the guise of opposing them, mm-hmm. and then just straight up coaches them because he starts to eat up the way they're craving his uh, his leadership and his saving. What Here, you might call it. Here's the thing: I actually think. Caputo has a good heart and he wants to do the right thing naturally. Yeah. What he needs to fucking work on is his expectations. Yeah. So, you know, like, like, like Bell or Ford said earlier, people died for the eight hour work day. <laughs> mm-hmm. They didn't get thank yous or attaboys. They got fucking their skulls busted 
with a brick bat. Yeah. So sometimes being the good guy and doing the right thing, you have to do sacrifice. And, you know, sometimes it's maybe better to be selfish. But whatever, own your life choices and life decisions. And this is the point where, again, Jinji, what do you want me to think? Because is it is it you just just try to you know this fucked up ex- expectation of life giving you something good you just keep trying you keep trying you keep trying until finally through some lottery winning circumstances you get the adulation that you crave mm-hmm. is that what we're supposed to think is she going to pull the rug out from under us in another episode yes i don't know she always she always has a hard time dealing with these kind of parable type things or not always, but some of them land flat like this one. You thought this landed flat? I did. I really, yeah. The whole, I think Caputo's like, I was starting to feel pretty good about Caputo, but somehow this backstory made me like him less. So you're just on a roller coaster of Caputo? I am. I'm just, I'm all, I'm all over the place with this beer can. I'm mm-hmm. not sure where the ride's going. Mm-hmm. I'm just taking it 12 ounces at a time. <laughs> 12 fluid ounces at a time. Gross. Uh, indeed. Anything else you want to say about uh, We Can Be Heroes, about Joe Caputo, the man, about the Doggett situation, anything? Because this is the last, this is the last uh, time we got you on until the wrap-up cast, which I hope you'll participate on. You might be the only one. I just want to tell people that you cried like a little baby when we saw Les Mis in the movie theaters <laughs> on Christmas. Son of a bitch! Uh-huh, you can't edit that shit out. <laughs> uh, okay, let me mark this in uh, audas- or <laughs> an audition when uh, we'll see. But uh, yeah, thank you for being on and uh, pinch hitting for the time we needed you to. Pinch hitting? Yeah. Pitch hitting? It's pinch hitting. Pitch. No, it's pinch. It's pitch. No, it's pinch. <laughs> well, while you're doing that research, I'm going to move on to feedback. Uh, if you want to give us more feedback, uh, there's only two, three episodes left to do it in, so you better hurry. It's at orange at baldmove.com. Wayne from California took advantage of that, and he has an interesting anecdote. Mm-hmm. He is the listener of the week. Check this out. It says, Angie's short-lived freedom reminded me of something that happened to a high school friend of mine a long time ago. Great way for any story to start. His younger brother had been picked by the, up by the police one night and was supposed to be released the next morning. My friend went to the jail and told them he was there to pick up his brother. They called him over to the PA system to be processed out. When he stood up in the holding area, he was assaulted and knocked unconscious by another prisoner who took his ID and impersonated him well enough to be processed out. This actually worked until he walked into the pickup area and my friend realized something was wrong, alerting the police, which resulted in the scumbag being quickly rearrested. The younger brother was eventually released, albeit with a knot on his head and a bad headache. To which I say, cool story, bro. (laughs) (laughs) No, seriously, that's fucked up. It is. I would not think such a thing was possible. And I get it. It's slightly different between being in federal prison and like county lockup or the drunk take. But still, damn. I I would love to see side-by-side pictures of these guys. Like, how well could that actually go down? Yeah. But, but it did. It happens. It, ha- it happens in California of all places. <laughs> uh, thanks for sharing your story again, uh, Wayne. And if you would like to send in feedback, it's at orange at baldmove.com. Or you can go on our forums, the forums.baldmove.com. We've got a whole forum just for Orange and New Black. If you'd like to discuss that with your fellow fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's it. We only got two episodes to go. This one in the supersized finale. You can see more of Aaron and I on the Game of Thrones. 
Oh, that's true. We're Telltale Games that we play Tuesday t- nights with uh, Jim. They won't stop releasing episodes. We're still. And we were supposed we won't to do this. stop fucking them up. We were we were still we we're supposed to do this for just three weeks, and it's turned into five. And then we had technical problems. Is now six. Yes, join us on Tuesday nights, or you can go to youtubecom move and look at all of our. We got uh, Walking Dead Telltale game playthroughs. You, me, Jim, and Cecily. Wait, you, <laughs> me, you, me, Jim, and Aaron. You, me. You, me, and Jim. Jesus. Finally got it. Third time's a charm. This is an example of the way we fuck up. But we also got that, and we got the Game of Thrones uh, series. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah. We play them non... We try... We we thought about subtitling these series, the, the Road Less Taken. We aim to... If you picked the heroic option, we're going to take the cowardly option. We try to take the option that nobody else would pick. Right. If you, like... What's the name? Don't Kill a Dog... We kill a dog. We would never kill a dog. We Let's... tried to kill a dog. Well, the dog we... tried to kill us first. That's well, beside the point. That's the other thing. The game kind of forces your hand, and it's really the illusion of ch- the, the illusion of choosing and railroading. But no one cares. Anyway, go to YouTube.com slash bald move if you want to see that. I'm not sure when our next project's going to be. Maybe American Horror? Maybe. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see how we're feeling in, in when, when the frost... In October. When the frost tickles the pumpkins. <laughs> <laughs> Until then, oh until then, we'll see you another time. I'm your host, Aaron. And I'm Cecily. Bye-bye.